Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, I have the English Standard Translation. Uh, I want to, for the benefit of brevity, look at verses 14 through 17. This is how my Bible reads. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. Let me give you verse 18 for free. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Verse 16, and I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. For these moments that we share, I simply want to tag this text, looking for mercy. Looking for mercy. You may have your seat, and certainly I need your help today. Have you ever had the awful experience of not being able to find something at the moment you need it the most? It happened to me about three months ago. I was in South Jersey where I'm from visiting some relatives. And after we finished watching a few sporting events, I got ready to leave because I knew I had about a two hour drive and couldn't find my keys. I'm searching all over my uncle's house, trying to find my keys. And I went to one of my cousins, my favorite cousin. I said, hey, can you uh, help me find my car keys? And she looked at me in all of her ignorance and said, well, where, where were they when you last 
saw them. And I responded with all of the holiness within me. If I knew that, I wouldn't be talking to you. And in that moment, I could hear the echoes of our grandfather from the grave saying, everything has a place and every place has a thing. And whenever you take something out of its place, make sure you put it back in its place so you won't ever be without it. But I want to suggest to you today, FCBC, that there are times when you can go to the right place and still not find what you are looking for. Matthew 17 is quite interesting because it comes on the heels of Matthew 16. 16 is interesting. It's peppered with principles, paradoxes, and problems. There's a demand for signs. There's a disclosure of sovereignty, but then there's the details of suffering. And then it closes with Jesus giving some uh, demands for what it means to follow him. If any man come after me, deny himself, pick up his cross, follow me. 17 opens with Jesus and uh, Peter, James, and John going up a mountain. It's, it's called the Mountain of Transfiguration. That's not the name of the mountain. It's called that because of an epic event that takes place on the mountain. He has 12 disciples that he's chosen, but he only takes the three that he trusts. I don't know if you caught it, but don't be confused to think that everybody you choose, you're able to trust. Yeah, he, he, he takes them up on the mountain, and when they get up on the mountain, uh, the, the, the text says that they, they see a vision of Jesus talking with, with Moses and Elijah. They, then they hear the voice of the Father say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And then Jesus looks at Peter, James, and John as he's getting ready to go down off the mountain and says, don't tell anybody what you saw or what you heard. Now, the challenge on that mountain is when they get up there and they, they see this vision, they hear this voice, they see Jesus in all of his glory, and they hear the voice of the Father, and then Peter comes up with this great idea. He says, Lord, uh, let me build three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you. Jesus does not even try to deal with that. He says, no, we, we, we got to go back down the mountain. But, but before you go down the mountain, I, I just want to try to see if I can unpack this bag. I was trying to figure out, Trey, why did Jesus only take three and not all 12? Uh, let me see if you can play catch. First of all, you have to understand, my friends, uh, that just because people are close to you does not mean that everybody is able to experience the mountain. Yeah, yeah, some people just can't handle going up higher. Uh, the, these are the kinds of people that, that when they get in an elevated space, they just mess it up because they, they don't have the capacity. They don't have the ability to experience the mountain. And I, I know it doesn't happen here, but across the bridge, I crossed the Hudson to let you know that there are some people on the other side of the water that when worship gets high, they always want to bring it down. They, they, they get uncomfortable when, when, when the Spirit of God is active and moving throughout the congregation. They, they, these are the people who, who will always complain that, that the song was too long or, or the building was too cold or maybe it was too hot. I didn't have anywhere 
to park. They sounded good today. Well, they weren't that good. They were better last year when I heard them on Resurrection Sunday. They're, not everybody is able to experience the mountain. And all I'm trying to tell you is that doesn't mean you can't love them. You just sometimes have to leave them behind because they're not, they don't have the ability to go to where God is trying to elevate you. I, you might have a cousin that happened to, that, that, this is the person who was always complaining about what was and can't enjoy what is. This is the person who, who can't find anything good even in the midst of greatness. Be careful when you become the emotional hostage of somebody who's not equipped enough to experience higher altitudes. Not, not, not everybody is able to experience the, the mountain, but, but then secondly, uh, understand this, not everybody is able to embrace the moment. Uh, I, I don't. Do people go to the movie theaters anymore? Okay, I, I'm going. I'm gonna go see Top Gun. I'm gonna sit all the way in the back. But uh, uh, I, I, re I remember. I remember when 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 they used to do all these promos before before the main feature, right? And they they do all this stuff, and then you would think the movie was coming on because you know when the main event's coming on, the lights get real dark, and and then the speakers get louder, and you can feel the bass uh, in the 808 machines. You know it's coming, and then just as the the feature film is being presented, you you hear through the speakers a phone ring. And that's when they tell you, please silence your cell phones so we can all enjoy the moment. Here, here's why. Because one little thing can mess up a beautiful moment and drag you out of something you ought to embrace. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but, but is it possible that part of this global pandemic was designed to put you in an isolated space so you could learn how to embrace some stuff without somebody else's approval? I don't know how it works over here, but I've been in worship experiences where I'll see somebody jump up and wave their hand, clap, even holler, thank you, Lord, only to look around to see if it's okay with the people who are around them. But I'm glad to ask get a chance to come over here sometime where everybody's on the same page like we came here to do this we've been waiting all week to get in this space and i refuse some people i can't bring with me to church because they're gonna mess up the moment that so, some people I, I hope they don't come back they can keep watching online because we don't need any firefighters in worship we need fire starters in worship not everybody can embrace the moment some people can't experience it. Other people can't embrace it. But, but then there, there, there's another piece uh, of this puzzle. Uh, I, I need you to understand this. Uh, you can't take everybody with you. Uh, so if you can't take everybody with you, then why include everybody in everything you do? Okay, I know it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, uh, but you will be all right when the swelling goes down. Uh, I tell Mount Calvary all the time, will you stop posting your entire life on social media if I wanted you to know what I was having for breakfast, I'd have brought you with me. If I wanted you to see where I was on vacation, I'd have booked your flight and got you a hotel room as well. Because once you let everybody know how you move, they will figure out how to sabotage how you move. Some things you got to do outside of everybody else's eyes. Can I help you today? Just because they know you does not mean they have a passport through the window of your world. Let some people try to figure you out they can't experience it they can't embrace it but then there's another problem here peter peter kind of he kind of trips over himself uh, he's known to do that from time to time some people 
will allow enjoyment to limit ministry. Look at where they are. They're up on the mountain. And he's enjoying the mountain so much that he forgot that mountains are temporary locations and not permanent assignments. Do you know why y'all come in, stand in line to come in FCBC? Because this is a mountaintop experience. We live in valleys. And every now and then, the Lord allows us to show up to a mountain, to recharge us on the mountain, so we can be ready for what's waiting for us in the valley. I believe there's about 100 of y'all. I promise to be number 101 who's here to say, I'll testify, I came here because of what I've been through since the last time I was here. Matter of fact, it's Memorial Day weekend. I planned on staying home. I got a brunch to get to. I got a cookout I wanted to be at. But considering what I'm going to face on Tuesday, I better get lifted up and charged up on Sunday because at least it's a holiday tomorrow and it won't mess me up on Monday morning. Can you do me a favor and point at somebody and say welcome to the mountain but this is not a permanent location no 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 we come up here for, for a moment so when we come down we can deal with the misery without being miserable yeah yeah that's that's why we do it um, now here, here's where it gets a little rough for me though get a little rough uh, the father says this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. This sounds like a repeat of what happened at Jesus' baptism. It's at Jesus' baptism that God does something he hadn't done in over, over 400 years. He steps up to heaven's PA system and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But that, that was at the baptism. That was in the water, but up on the mountain. What the father says is, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. <laughs> at the baptism he says look at him but on the mountain he says listen to him because after a while with walking around with him you shouldn't be so enamored by how he looks but you ought to be ex in expectation of what he's about to say I need somebody here who understands I don't just show up to be seen but I know I need to be seen showing up but I, there's a word in here this is why you ought to be thankful every day that the Lord loves you so much that he sent you Michael Aaron Warren to give you the kind of word that can elevate you enhance you and equip you. I, be, I dare you to pray for your pastor 30 seconds every day and just tell the Lord, keep putting a word in his mouth. Keep sending him a word that bangs my mind up, but strengthens my heart. Keep blessing me through his word. Here, here's the challenge, Keisha, on the way down. Jesus says, all right, now when we leave here, don't tell anybody what you saw or what you heard. This seems unfair because there's nine other disciples down there who could benefit from hearing about the experience. Here's the problem. If Jesus thought they could have handled it, he would have brought the other nine with them. I hope this helps somebody. Let me holler at about 25 of y'all. Uh, if they couldn't handle it being there, what makes you think you telling them about it is going to convince them of something they didn't get a chance to see in the first place? 
Here it is. They, they get down. I, I promise I'm almost through. Uh, the clock on the wall says it's time to go. Uh, on the way, on the way down. As soon as they get there, I finally made a tray. I finally made it to my text. Uh, they get down there. And when they get there, there, there's a man who brings his son to Jesus and says, uh, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic and he has seizures and he sometimes falls into fire. He falls into water. I brought him <laughs> to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus says, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long do I have to put up with y'all? And then he, then he heals the boy. Now, I'm, I'm looking at the father because all the father wants is mercy for his son. And he says, I brought my son to the place that I thought could help my son. But your disciples could not heal him. And so I waited for you to come off the mountain. <laughs> back down here with, with the rest of us in the valley. And, and I just, I'm just begging you, have mercy on my son. L let me see if you can play catch. Uh, let, let's talk this one time. Uh, here it goes. He says, I brought my, my, my son to your disciples because I figured if I couldn't get to you, at least I'd go to the people who are in relationship with you. I mean, I, I know they got to be in some kind of relationship with you. They go with you everywhere you go. Uh, they, they, they serve alongside of you. They've participated in other miracles. They, they get firsthand sermons. They, they, they hear your teaching from in intimate settings. And I know they have relationship with you. So if I couldn't get you, I figured I'd get somebody who knows you best. But even though they know you, they couldn't meet the need. I, how do we handle the moments when the church can't even step up to the plate to be what we claim we We've already been. I've seen churches split over simple stuff, but they never want to talk about the hard stuff. He, this man says, I brought my son to the church. I mean, the disciples, uh, and they could not heal him. And But I only brought them because of how close they stand to you. How, how long can the world tolerate us looking close and not being close? So let me get this straight. You can jump up and down in church, run around the sanctuary, roll in the floor, lay out like you had a prayer meeting. But when you get up, you can't pray for yourself. You can have praise and worship in here, but you can't praise God at home. It says they're in relationship with you. And I thought at least. Uh, any, any, anybody who's in relationship, you, you begin to take on each other's traits and characteristics. Depending on how tight you are, you can complete each other's sentences. You can tell the same stories. And people might be confused as to which one of you is the person who's telling the story. But here's what he didn't understand. They're in relationship with him, but they are not identical to him. Has this ever happened to y'all? Have y'all ever been around people who like to tell you what you should have done? And this is how I would have done it if I were you. Can I, can I set you free today? The next time that happens, just let them know if we are identical, then one of us is irrelevant. You, you stand close, but you're not a, you're not a copy. So, watch, I'll toss it on this side of the room. Uh, so that I, I brought them, secondly, because even if the relationship isn't that strong, at least they represent you. But sometimes there are people who are guilty of misrepresentation. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a young man in India in the late 1800s uh, who had not settled on his belief system. He heard about a Christian revival taking place in his hometown, and he wanted to go hear about Jesus. And so he went to this church. He climbed the 72 stairs to get to the door of the sanctuary. He got to the door. He opened the door. He was blocked by an usher. And, and, and so the usher told him, young man, you, what are you doing here? And he said, well, I, I've heard that there's a revival in town and I want to hear uh, about Jesus. I don't know anything about uh, Christianity, but I want to hear about it. It could be, impact my life. And the usher said, well, the problem is you can't come in here dressed like that. So go home, come back tomorrow when you are appropriately dressed to enter the sanctuary. There's a commotion in the back of the sanctuary. One, one of the deacons gets up and inquires, what's, what's going on here? Um, the explanation was given. This young man wants to come into this church, but he's not dressed appropriately. The young man tried to sneak between the two of them. The deacon pushed him down the stairs. The young man got to the bottom of the stairs and he brushed himself off. He looked up and said, I think I could possibly love your Jesus, but I can't stand his Christians. That young man's name was Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi said, the problem is not with Christ, it's the people who stand next to him. And it's a shame when you can get to God, but you can't get through the gatekeepers. Here, you got to be able to understand God is not that hard to get to, but we make it so hard for people because we measure the length of somebody's skirt. We count the number of piercings and tattoos. We don't like the dreadlocks, but who in the world were we sent to bring and draw closer? And if you think you are the standard I hate to be the first person to tell you, but you are not authorized to be the standard of anything you have, including what you're standing on. Is there somebody in this room today who's able to go on public record and be humble enough to say, I need help too. The last thing I can do is judge you because I might not be guilty of what you're guilty of. You might not be guilty of what I'm guilty of, but everybody in here is guilty of some things. I wish I had somebody, maybe 50 of y'all in here who don't mind hollering, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty, but I thank God that he knows how to guard me even when I'm guilty. I wish I had a 55 of y'all in here able to tell the Lord, thank you for letting the rumor get out so the truth would. I'm gone. I got to go. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm sorry. I went too far. Uh, forgive me, Mike. I went too far. Uh, but I, I listen, I've learned, let the rumors ride. Because the last thing you want is the whole truth getting out. And sometimes what God will do is let the rumor fly so the truth stays confined. Here it is. Here it is. Uh, now here's, here's where the man messed up. He says, I, I know they're in a relationship with you. I know they represent you, but what he did not realize is while they are his disciples, they are not him. All right? All right, Jazz. Uh, Uncle Spence ain't going to put you to sleep. I promise. Watch. Watch what happens. I figured out why the disciples couldn't help. I'm not that bright like your pastor. It's all right there. Look at what the man says. Have mercy on my son. He is an epileptic. He has seizures. He throws himself in the fire. He falls in the fire. He falls into water. Uh, brought him to your disciples. They couldn't heal him. No? Okay. Second time. Uh, man says, 
my son is an epileptic. He has seizures. Sometimes he falls in the fire, he falls in the water, brought him to your disciples. No? Third time's usually the charm. Watch the terminology that the father uses. My son is an epileptic. That is a medical term, which means he's already had an assessment and a diagnosis from doctors. This man brings his son to disciples and lets them know my son has a medical condition. And that's why he keeps falling into fire and falling into water. Here's why they couldn't help him, Mike. The disciples are in agreement with the diagnosis. There's a medical condition here. But then the other side of that is in that, in that ancient culture, what, what he's really saying is, my son is the victim of Seleniazo, which means that they believe when the moon shifted, that, that it would take control of those who had weak minds and it would cause them to have convulsions and seizures. Hence, we get the term moonstruck. While the disciples have been left behind, all nine of them, they represent the church that is supposed to be able to take care of those who are sick. But they are in automatic agreement with the diagnosis that the father shows up with. But if the doctors weren't able to help you, why are you going to the church with the medical report? Be careful when the church has automatic agreement with the street. I'm, I'm done. Uh, I'm sorry. Watch. Uh, Jesus comes down and then he, when he hears the report, he immediately says, you faithless and twisted generation. How long? I'll give you all the Eddie Spencer translation. Do I have to keep putting up with y'all? How, how long are you going to be with me and not work on, on behalf of me? Text says, man, comes Jesus. Have mercy on my son. He's an epileptic. He has seizures. He falls into fire. He falls into water. Uh, and I brought him to your disciples. They could not heal him. And Jesus says, faithless, twisted generation, and, and bring the boy to me. And then he, he rebukes the demon, and, and, the, and the boy instantly is healed. Y'all never catch it the first time. Okay. Uh, the father says, uh, my, my son is epileptic, and so he has seizures. And your disciples couldn't heal him. But when Jesus gets finished chastising the crowd, he, he looks uh, at the boy, and he, he gets the demon out the boy, and immediately the boy is healed. Really? Third and last time. This is your last time to catch up. The father says he has a disease. Jesus gets rid of the demon. Never confuse a demon for a disease. 
Uh-huh. I know we don't like to talk like this no more. Je Jesus says, no, it it's not that he's sick. It's that Satan has control of him. He's got a demon in him. And no matter how much medicine you give him, until you get the demons out of him, he will still be under their control. And I know it's rough to talk like this in 2022, but I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of stuff that we really excuse when it's really a demon disguised as a disease. But if a demon needs a disguise, the demon is afraid of you. <laughs> if he wasn't afraid of you, he wouldn't disguise himself. That, 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 that ain't just how your crazy uncle is. There's a demon around there. That ain't just what's going on in the world. There's some demons out there and we got to be bold enough to call them out and send them where they belong. He says, demon, leave that boy. But what I noticed was he didn't do it until he got back. All right. I, I know y'all know this. I'm not, I'm not a mathematician, but I told you he had 12 disciples that he chose. But he took the three that he trusted on the mountain. The problem happened while he was on the mountain. So if he had 12, but he took three, the problem was brought to, oh, y'all, thank y'all, nine. Here's why Jesus calls them faithless and twisted. One is the number of unity. Two is the number of agreement. Three is the number of the Trinity. Four is the number of fellowship. Five is the number of grace. Six is the number of creation. Seven is the number of completion. Eight is the number of new beginnings. But nine is the number of mercy. And Jesus is mad because he left enough mercy behind for the boy to get what he needed. But unfortunately, FCBC, mercy was out of order. And so he had to bring back the other three because the 10th one is the number of perfection. 11 is the number of disorder, but 12 is the number of order. And once he put order back in dysfunctional mercy, now we can get on the move. Can I ask you today, what do you need him to put back in order for you? maybe you need to pray a different prayer not Lord he'll take care of my co-worker or my supervisor Lord bring some order to my department bring some order to my family bring some order to my finances bring some order to my mind I'm tired of having out of order on my soul I need you to put me back in order so I can receive what you're trying to give Now, I, 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 want, I want to talk to the people who know you got some dysfunction going on. Just the six of y'all and me. Just the six of y'all that aren't afraid to admit you got some dysfunction. It's, it might not be you. It's, it's just dysfunction is around you. It seems to be having its own Memorial Day parade around your, your life. This, this dysfunction. I, I, I want to I I talk to you. I, I want to talk to you for a moment because uh, here's what I don't like about agreeing with, with a bad diagnosis. It's not just that the father says my son has epilepsy. He then starts to talk about the son's behavior. He falls into fire. He falls into water. That's not the behavior of somebody who has a demon. When you are possessed by a demon, you don't fall. 
you get thrown. And I want to talk to the person in this room today that you've been judged as somebody who falls, but they don't understand you didn't fall. You were thrown. They criticized that bad decision you made and you didn't even know how to tell them, I didn't really want to make that decision. I was thrown into that. They criticized the relationship decision. You got to let them know, I don't even like that kind of person. I was thrown into that. You don't like the job I got. I was thrown into that. You don't like what I did on the street. I was thrown into that. But when Jesus shows back up, I don't get thrown anymore. Now I can throw some stuff. I wish I had a few believers out here today who are ready to say, I got my strength back. Can you do me a favor and just point at a few people and tell them, get your strength back. I know it's been rough. Just tell them, get your strength back. He'll put it back in order. Is there anybody in FCBC this morning who feels a little strength coming back? Come on, don't, don't play with it. If you really feel some strength coming back, I dare to begin to praise God in advance and just tell him, thank you for my return of strength. I'm waiting for about 25 more of y'all. I'm talking about people, you know strength is coming back to you. Strength to stand even though you've been crying yourself to sleep. Strength to be strong even when everybody else called you weak. Encourage somebody and tell them, I see strength in the atmosphere. Is there anybody in the building today that feels some strength in the room? I know you can't touch nobody, but can you point at somebody and tell them, neighbor, there's strength in the room. Let me leave you here when I tell you last week I was in Detroit, Michigan, showed up to my hotel, had to change rooms a few times. And when I finally had enough, I went to the front desk and complained about the condition of the hotel. And the maintenance man was standing there. He said, Reverend, forgive me for a moment. I forgot to post this sign. The sign read, pardon our temporary inconveniences. They will lead to permanent improvements. And I'm talking to somebody now. You need to know your trouble is temporary. But your triumph is permanent. Is there anybody here today that's ready for a permanent improvement? I said a permanent improvement. Let me leave you here. Just point at somebody else and tell them it's on the way. It's on the way. It may not be here when you want it here, but when it comes, it'll be worth the wait. Is there anybody in the room that knows it's worth the wait? I said it's worth the wait. And when you know it's worth it, you don't mind waiting. Can you elbow somebody and tell them, I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Tell them, I don't mind waiting because when I wait on him, he'll work it out. When I wait on him, he'll work me out. Just wait on him. Can you open your mouth and say, I wait on him. I wait on him. I, 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 
Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward.